Are you looking for a memorable getaway for your family that's packed with adventure? Look no further than Lake Erie. Powderhook, in partnership with the Great Lakes Fishery Commission, has all the resources you need to plan your adventure to the walleye capital of the world. The best part is, you don't have to be an experienced angler or own a boat to have a fantastic time on the water. While walleye are the main attraction, Lake Erie also offers excellent fishing for yellow perch, trout, steelhead, salmon, and bass. The options are endless, and there's so much to explore on Lake Erie. Knowledgeable and friendly fishing guides are eager to serve you. Whether you want to hire a charter, secure a seat on a headboat, fish from the shore, ice fish, or do a DIY trip on your own boat. All these options are at your disposal with a bit of planning and preparation. Find everything you need at powderhook.com. That's powderhook.com. We know what's biting and can help you enjoy a wonderful fishing experience on Lake Erie. Hey, it's Captain Justin Leet with Chasing the Sun TV. Join me and Meredith for the best fish in action along the coast of Panama City Beach. Tune in to new episodes every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. River Rats, you are listening to the River Certified Podcast with Spencer Bauer and Ryan Tassler and an array of guests where we cover the fun, interesting, and sometimes rugged parts of spending life on or near the water. For a guy who's scared of a microphone and just to come in here and be like, let's do this, it seems... I'm, I'm just surprised. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Do you want to admit... Like, do you want to confess to the world your fear of cameras and microphones? Uh, yeah, I'm scared to death of them. They freak me out. Like, what's scary about them? You ever been punched in the jaw? I think too much. You ever been punched in the face? Oh, yeah. Have you ever been knocked out? Yep. you ever been threatened with your life? Yep. What's more scary, a microphone or that? Microphone. Why? I'm more. I'm afraid of what people are gonna think when they hear like what I have to say or my voice or if I sound. So if I knocked you out, yeah. I'd get up and swing back. No, you, but you'd know. be unconscious, so you can't. That's true. Yeah. Would you be more worried about what people think in that context? Like if I knocked you out and you were unconscious, and everyone was like, "Oh shit, James got knocked the hell out." Yeah, you're right. Or would you be more scared of a microphone? I don't know. A microphone ain't gonna knock you out. What's scarier? Can I say this? You have a pretty sexy voice. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So you shouldn't be afraid. So what's what's scarier, the microphone or me? The microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to honest. I was trying to hold that off till the end so I could be like, so I'm scarier than the microphone. It's definitely not you, Spencer, because we just spent like three hours talking together that's true <laughs> on the it, bank it is something about the microphone though it's a certain level of i wouldn't call it intimidation but more awkwardness you get anxious nervous yeah i don't you know it's an it's a it's a uncontrollable feeling two two finger distance from the microphone it's an yeah. uncontrollable feeling. i know it's intimidating <clears throat> i believe in you but after 30 45 minutes you probably won't even you'll get comfortable you will just talk. You yeah. Know, just talk. All right. I'm here with James, who's scared of the microphone in Keys or Quebec or Quebec or. And we need to keep going. Asian cowboy. Oh, yeah. That's, I, 
That's my Wi-Fi password if you want to come to the house. That's your <laughs> handle on Bumble. <laughs> it is. That's my that's my handle on uh, Farmers Only, and all the women love it. I have to admit, I was just recently enlightened on what Bumble is. It Bumble or Bubble or it's a dating app. Was it your brother? No, talking? no. Okay, because there's another one called Grinder that. <laughs> Whoa, that escalated quickly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know what that one is. Right, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a dating app. It's it's like Tinder, but um I think with Bumble the thing with the thing that's different about Bumble is the woman has to initiate the first contact. Okay. So So it's like the opposite of reality. Exactly. Dudes love it. They have to. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get a qu- more quality match maybe because it's not like a girl's not going to get like 50 dudes in her inbox. Sure. She gets to go and make decisions on what guy she wants to talk to. It's less intimidating. Yeah. For an ugly guy like me, Not as sucks. intimidating as a microphone, but... Right. Yeah. Exactly. But it is scary. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. If James was a chick, he would not message the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> All right, I can't think of anything cringier to say. So we're going to move on. Uh, James, you want to you want to talk a little bit about yourself? I know you do. No. Like, all right. Well, I'm 33 years old. I got three kids. I'm married. Enjoy long walks on the beach. I enjoy long walks mm-hmm. along the beach. How about fishing stuff? Let's talk about stuff you enjoy talking about. Yeah, fishing. I'd What's definitely... your favorite? If you, I know your favorite fish is catfish, but if you had to pick one and could never fish for any of the other two, which one are you going with? Blue cat. Why? Uh, because that's all you catch? No. I Wait, I thought you said not catfish. Or is <clears> no, same? not the other kinds of catfish. So there's three species of catfish. You have to pick one. Which okay. one are you going with? Gotcha, gotcha. I would go with blue cat just because it's what's around me for the most part, and that's what I catch majority pump, of. Pump the brakes. I have to intervene and, and let anybody listening know that James is the only person on this podcast who has personally reeled in a triple-digit blue catfish. Yeah. And he's all shy and awkward and shit about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, and when he says Which makes tri- it even better. When he says triple-digit, that means over 100 pounds for us low-IQ folks. Yeah. Thank you. That was, that was a nice a touch, Keys. You know, there's lots of other people out there just like us that, you know, triple three. Oh, right. Tri- is triple three? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> So yeah, anyway, you've it was got big blues. Yeah. yeah. Unless yeah. you catch a bigger one. That's true. Then it's not a fish of a lifetime. It's very true. If there's any fish you're going to catch multiples over 100 pounds, it's blue cat. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. You know, like, I love my flatheads, but blue cats definitely have a mystique to them, and they get huge. Yeah. yeah. The first one I ever caught, it just kind of like, they're very pretty fish. I mean, they are. They are. They're beautiful fish. They're and sleek. Yeah, they just kind of suave, kind of like keys. To get a little soft, right? <clears throat> that yeah. first one that I caught stole like my keys. heart. Mm-hmm. Like it really did. squishy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just want to pinch my cheeks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Can't help it. Well, I mean, it is before New Year's, so right, you've been going hard, and it's time to put things back back together. That's true. That is very true. Yeah, I'm consistently soft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. It it happens. It happens to me. It gets the best of us, but you you know what? You're uh, you're like the karate man. You bleed on the inside, and I know that you won't stay soft for long. I've never seen Karate Man. What are, what are we talking about? I don't know. You know the Karate Man. He's like doesn't show any. I'm not talking about like a specific thing. I'm just saying like there's a know. the Karate Man. 
There's like, like the, a a karate. The karate man. Right. I'm just talking like in general, a karate man. It man. It man. Okay, we talked about that. Or just, you know, whatever. Bruce Lee. See, I you zoned know. out for that conversation. Like, I have no idea what yeah. you guys are talking about. And neither does your audience. We're going way <laughs> off track with this. <laughs> All right, so back to the Blue Cats. I love Blue Cats. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, Sorry. I mean, what would you fish for if you had to pick one Fly out of the head. three? Really? I mean, I love Blue Cats. They're more accessible. You definitely have... For you guys. Right. For Flyhead yeah. are more majestic in my eyes. Yeah, Flyhead just has something about them. You you have a way better chance of catching a triple-digit blue than you'll ever have with a Flyhead. Yep. In yeah. most states, you catch a triple-digit Flyhead, you have a state record. Exactly. Yeah. Most? Most. How many states carry a triple-digit Flyhead do you know of? That's the point. Like You catch a triple-digit <laughs> yeah. Flyhead in most states, you're yeah. going to have the state record. Because mo- most don't. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I would say, for me, it's just like... Yeah, there's a mystique about a flathead. Um, just even the touch and feel of them—they're not—they're slimy, but I don't know. It's just they—they're just when you hold a flathead, it's just different. They—they're they're a different that. critter, you know. They like are. blues look similar, channels look similar in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, and then you catch a flathead and it's got whiskers, and then it's got whiskers, no scales, and an adipose fin, and then nothing else is similar to any other catfish yeah or fleshy it's yeah it's got a little exoticness to it and the whole fact of the them being uh, a lot mostly live bait nine times out of ten you have to catch them on live bait whoa whoa nine times the last two weeks of the season i didn't even bring a bait tank with me and i caught more flatheads in two weeks on cut bait than i did on live bait I'm just saying most of the time yes you can catch them on cut bait but most time you're going to use a live Bait to get your flatheads so I don't except know. when you don't except when you don't that's all i'm saying nine yeah. times out of ten is bull claim that's all i'm saying yeah yeah but i don't know i feel like i feel like with with flatheads they're harder to catch in general depending yeah. on where you live obviously um and you know you usually really have to go on a grind to get them and they're just a lot more rewarding when you catch them. I would agree with that. And the look and mystique to them is just different. They got the bigger, big mouths, big heads. And I don't know. It's just, for me, a lot of time, I love blues, but they feel like a huge oversized channel cat sometimes. Whereas when you're holding that flathead, you got that flathead in your hands. And you're looking at it. You look back at your pictures you take with it. It's just, it's just a different fish, man. Sounds like a love story. It is. I'm in love with them. <laughs> So introduce yourself. Who the hell are you? Oh, we didn't. You never introduced me. I just said your name. No, oh, I mean you haven't been on here for a while. Keys has been on here before. Yeah, I think you were like podcast number two. Yeah, it was like your two second or, or three one. or something like that. Yeah. Yep. With Sam, the Squatch. Yep, the big yeah. Sasquatch. We had a lot of variances in types of people on that one. Like, yeah. So, how tall are you? Like five I'm, four, I'm, no. five three, <laughs> five seven with shoes on. Guys. Okay. <laughs> so we had the short, stocky guy, and he's like six six, six seven, six eight, maybe? six eight. I think. Yeah, he's like over a foot taller than me. And he, yeah, he looks like Paul Bunyan, you know. And then I'm kind of in the middle ground somewhere. Yeah, definitely the smartest, best looking of the bunch. But <laughs> right, other than. Uh, all other things were kind of in the middle, but those two things were excessively outside of that. Yeah. And then we had a good podcast. 
after we ate a bunch of uh, catfish nuggets. Delicious fried catfish nuggets. I can't do very much in the kitchen. It's funny because I'll get a comment on a video every once in a while like, oh, you should start your own restaurant or start your own cooking show. And I'm like, my wife won't even eat the stuff that I cook (laughs) (laughs) unless it's breakfast, like eggs, hash browns, bacon, or fried fish. Got those down. I can do blackened. Black, yeah, blacking. That's you know, easy though. But you're in that market. It's a niche market for like river rats who would watch that. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to make that the the bacon. dude. It's good. Yeah. Like I think there should be more people who cook when they're on the water because mm-hmm. it just enhances the experience exponentially. It's not like you go fishing and have a good time, and then you go fishing and cook and have a little bit better time. It's it's so much better to and cook, you cook on the water all the well, time. Yes. Yeah. Well, we talked about this last night, which, by the way, guys, Spencer cooked for us last night on the on the bank. We caught a, his brother caught a blue cat, mm-hmm. and we flayed it, fried it right there in the bank. It was amazing, tasted phenomenal. But we were talking about how like everything just tastes better when you're out there on the lake. Oh, it's the river. best spice there is. Oh, you know, so the great. outdoors. You know, they mm-hmm. say hunger is the best spice. Outdoors is the best spice, oh, if you ask me. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, like it tasted. It was like. A 10 out of 10 last night. Ooh, 10 out of 10. I'd give it a 10. It was a 10. That was the best fish I've ever had. Double 10 out of 10. Yeah. Gosh, I'm blushing. For a a fried fish? Oh, yeah. 10 out of 10. I was looking forward to eating it tonight. What happened? We let him go. (sighs) Let him go. I mean, I missed missed the 50-pounder that we would have fried up. (laughs) (laughs) I did miss a really nice fish tonight. Can we? T- can you talk about that? What? Uh, go ahead. No, I just I'm, want, I just, I'm done talking. I just about want to it. know your thoughts. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to ponder and ask questions and probe, I'm not going to stop no. you. It's your podcast. No, I have no secrets on here. Go ahead. Look, guys, it was a decent takedown. The uh, drag was peeling. Clicker was going off. There was no drag peeling. <laughs> It was in free spool clicker, and the clicker was rolling. They don't know this. I'm trying to. Have I know, and I'm trying to keep things real. Okay. Okay. Keep going. No, but we, did, fish we story. did hear the clicker. It was. It was <laughs> this is a true. Fish this story. is. The clicker did go off. It was like, zzz, like it was like one of those. Woo! What's going on here? You know. Yep. And uh, we think it was a pretty good catfish. You know, I would say it had that steady, slow swim away. It did. And then as you reel down on it, got away. I don't know if Spencer reeled down too fast. No, I do. I reeled down too fast. I think so. Yeah, maybe. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, like I miss the fish. Have you heard this, Gordon? I was talking to Spencer about this. You got to reel. You reel down as fast as the fish is taking the bait away. No, I've heard that. Yeah. See, I've never heard that. I've heard that. Yeah, it's true. Pull back as hard as the fish is pulling. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So if your rod tip gets smashed and it's going, it's ripping drag, then you get down there and you're real fast. If it's like the wintertime, a lot of times where it's a, it may go and take a little bit, but then it's kind of like, uh, uh, and kind of bouncing and bobbing. You do a slow reel down. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to do a super fast reel down at that point. I mean, it's logical. Right. You know? Like it sounds it, good. It does. And I just don't know enough. Or I should I don't know. I've just never heard it. You know? Like Well, you use you use J hooks a lot most of the time, right? Like 
You don't I, use a lot of circle hooks? Pretty much the only time I use J hooks is flatheads. Okay. And then actually I started using circles more the last couple months of our season than than oh. Jays. Those triple threats, the triple threats that we talked about, you use are those a circle hook style hook? I mean, honestly, like if you break it down, if you look at it from a strict fishing point of view, all circle hooks that people are using for cats today are not traditional circle hooks. Yep. They're all a hybrid style of circle hook, somewhere between circles, J's, and what the kale, the yep. kale style, mm-hmm. like all of those style. Offset. All of those styles factor into what is the current um, catfish style circle hook. Yeah. That's how that Nocturnal Nation Raptor hook reminds me. It reminds me of a circle hook slash offset slash kale hook. Well, Mm -hmm. offset doesn't impact the style of hook. It's the Mm -hmm. style of the bend, you know, and I could, you could argue the offset is part of the bend, but, um, because it's, yeah, the way the, the hook bends back, you know what I mean? It's the shank of the hook is bent offset yep. to the eye, mm-hmm. is my well, my interpretation. Even the shank, like I use Charlie Brown oh. HDs, and they have, I like them because it's a longer shank than like a circle hook. A circle hook is a circle, you know? And the longer shank, I can put a live bluegill on there or a big piece of cut bait. See, the issue to me isn't the circle or the shape. It's the mm-hmm. width of the gap. Yeah. The traditional yep. circle hooks have this big round bend, and then the hook point comes back perpendicular to the shank of the hook. And we're getting super technical right now, but right. whatever. Um, if you look at a hook, you have the hook eye, and then the piece of metal extending down from the hook eye is classified as the shank. And if the hook point points directly at that, that would be a circle hook. And if the hook, if the point of the hook is parallel to the shank of the hook, then it's a J hook. J hooks like look like J's. Circle hooks generally look like circles. They might look yeah. like oblong circles now, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> traditional circle hooks, the gap between the shank and the, the hook point is very small. And it's because they're geared for, well, I'm reaching here and I'm making assumptions. My interpretation of why is because they're geared towards saltwater fish yep. that have bony narrow jaws Mm -hmm. and then you want to put a big chunk of meat on the bent and it hangs down in the bend and then you have a lot of hook point exposed to rotate in the corner of that thin bony hard jaw of that fish that's my interpretation i don't know how much accuracy there is to it but that that's just where i'm at well when i first got into catfishing i went on ebay and bought a bunch of Straight up circle hooks. I were probably more for saltwater, and they'll they'll catch fish. They will, but yeah. I, I I don't feel like they had a, as good of a hookup ratio on catfish as these newer hooks are. My hookup ratio is zero percent today. That's it was. Yeah, I didn't want to bring that up, but it was a hundred percent yesterday. It you guys was. are both doing better than me. That's true. That's you true. just suck. I just got little <laughs> bites all night, both nights. Well, you're not a very big guy. Yeah, that's true. You know. You, pack on 20 pounds you get a little bit of a gut and then you'll start catching catfish with a little bit of a gut my 40 pounders look like 60 pounders though when you hold them yeah yep. you know what's funny is um there's uh ty ty pig patrol he's got a youtube channel mm-hmm. actually he, he's been on this podcast so if you've been listening to all of them you've heard him on this podcast but he just tagged me in this deal on instagram of him holding this fish that it's a nice fish but 
It's like 20 pounds when he holds it. And the way he's holding it and the size that he is, it looks like it's about 50 pounds. <laughs> he's so, a little guy like us, right? Like he's No. Very, well, he's no. tall and lanky. Okay. <laughs> I gave him shit. I'm like, you could hide behind a fence post, man. <laughs> <laughs> he would be the lightest person in this room, and he'd be the tallest person in this room. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> impressive. It is. It is. He's impressive for a lot of ways. I, I get a kick out of the guy. I really, really do. Um, oh, we have technical difficulties. Yeah, I, I put that in there just so it wouldn't fall out. Yeah. So. Keys fixed my microphone. with. He screwed it. He screwed I, my microphone. It's cold. <laughs> we call it here in the Midwest jerry-rigging. Yeah. I jerry-rigged. You jerry-rigged the shit out of it. I did. Appreciate that. <laughs> anyway, so Ty's a little dude, and he's holding up this fish, and I was giving him shit about how he makes all the fish look big <laughs> and i feel bad for the sam squatch because he makes every big fish look Looks tiny small. yeah it would take if he held a hundred pounder it'd look like me holding the 60 or 70 mm-hmm. yep that might oh, even yeah. be generous no doubt he's a big man who's that josh brown he he's just, a big bastard yeah, too and he, he just caught a hundred pounder and everybody wanted to you know, bash him, say it wasn't 100 pounds, but it definitely was a 100-pounder. Yeah. Well, and he likes six, 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 eight. Oh, he's huge. Yeah. Well, yeah, him holding. Which, congrats to him on that. Mm-hmm. A guy that big holding. Well, he's caught a handful of 100-pounders, hasn't he? I think that's his second one. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to switch gears. Okay. Because I want to hear your opinions on this. Oh. It's fun. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for being Midwest and stuff. <clears throat> Keep there's, her moving. There's a dude who... What the hell is that from, Keeper Moving? You've said that like 27 times since I've been here. Um, Have you not watched the Oh Betcha, You Betcha guy? Yeah. They're like, the that's what they say. They say, Keeper Moving all the time. When? I've watched a lot of them. They've never said Keeper Moving. They, well, I'll pull up some videos later. I swear they do. That's one of their things. They always say, just keep her moving. I think you're making shit up. All right, this dude, Rath Doll. I yeah. probably butchered your name. Apologize about that. He lives in central New York. He's fishing, and uh, catfisherman in New York. I don't. I mean, I think he was catfish. He didn't specify. Okay, it, but based on the catch that he had, I would assume there was some level of cat. There was he was bait fishing of some sort. Gotcha. He caught a very small white sturgeon. Um, he knew it, and he let it go. He took a picture, documented whatever. He later found out. Sturgeon have never been recorded where he caught it. And then he was told he should have kept it alive and checked if it was tagged. And he wanted to know how you would handle this situation and uh, what advice you would give a newer angler to know what to do in this situation. Hmm. Well, I mean, I have my ideas. Let you guys proceed first. Go ahead, Keeves. Well... I don't I mean, know how I would keep a fish alive, but yeah. In for, those circumstances, I don't know necessarily just, just if I would assume he's a shore fisherman, right? Well, I mean, if it was here in Illinois, where let's say you caught some random fish that's not supposed to be here in Illinois, white sturgeon, um, pallid sturgeon, paddlefish, you know, just like stuff that used to we be have here. Paddlefish here, but, but you caught it in a place where they're not supposed to be. Yeah. I know, not if, normally if, if I knew for a fact that that fish, if I didn't know, it's one thing. I'd probably let it go if I didn't know. Well, was, you know, whatever. I didn't know this type of carp was here. 
But if I did, if I knew for a fact that hey, this fish is not supposed to be in East Central Illinois where we're at right now, I, I would probably try to keep it. If I had an aerator, obviously with a tank, I'd put an aerator or tank if it was small enough to fit in that. Um, maybe in a stringer if I didn't think it was a delicate fish. Have you caught anything like this? Anything comparable to what what this situation is? Um, no, I don't think black I have. carp. You caught a black carp? Close. It, like it was black carp. Pitch worth, black. Black carp's worth money. Normally. I've heard that. I've heard. They'll that. give you like you caught one or you didn't. I think I did. And what'd you do with it? Released it. Okay. So you would have done the I same thing? I would have done the same thing. Okay. Yeah. I put it in my live well. I called conservation. And <clears throat> they basically blew it off like it was nothing. And There I was, was like, like a big-ass article oh, about yeah. some dude who caught a black carp mm-hmm. out of uh, I don't know, one of the rivers. And, yeah, somebody wrote an article about it. I mean, if I caught I, it in a cast net, thrown for bait. and Was it a big bastard? No. It was, I would say it was under 16 inches somewhere on the, oh so tiny yeah, okay somewhere on the, along, along those lines let's face <laughs> it though, if i catch a carp i'm keeping it regardless because that's catfish bait. yeah <laughs> but yeah they basically just told me that that was all a wise tell and because uh i seen a post that they were like a hundred dollars if you turn them in or something but i okay. you know yeah. i didn't know the whole story behind it so i just called conservation i was like yeah you know i think i have a black carp here caught it in a cast net and i didn't know if you guys needed to come down and you know, do any bio- ID it or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, And they're like, oh, no, 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 it's no big deal. So I just released it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I've never been in that situation, so I'd probably do the same thing if I knew for a fact like it was a black carp because I know that they don't want black carp right. in there. And there's, and there's a, a monetary reward, or at least there was, I don't know if there still is, for, you know, catching them and giving them to DNR. And that might have been what DNR was talking about that was just kind of like all – Storylines like there's no reward. No, okay. Yeah. You've never caught anything you didn't know what it was, Keys. I'm trying to think right now. Uh, the only thing that I've ever caught that I didn't know what it was, and I released it, and I I googled it later, was it was a um, salamander that is rare in Illinois. Mud and puppy. Mud puppy is protected yeah. in Illinois. You can catch those. In- yeah, I just caught one. I caught one on a timeout. You can't name bodies of water here for the protection of said bodies of water. Yes. Yeah. Touche. Yeah. That's the only rule. You can say whatever. (laughs) I don't give a (laughs) Breaking rule. (laughs) You can represent yourself however you want to in public format. Don't say bodies of water. That's the only rule. I agree. But no, I, I caught a mud puppy once on a river in Illinois. That's all I'll say. And uh, I was like, whoa, it's like a freaking cool-looking salamander. I looked at it for a while. I was like, oh, it was big, too. I mean, it was like... They're not tiny. No. I ca- I'll let you finish your story. But it, I mean, it was definitely over a foot. It was a big one. It was squirmy, whatever. And I just released them. I took pictures of them, let them go. And then later on, I looked. Actually, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, man, you might make good catfish, babe. <laughs> <laughs> but I let it go. I was like, it's, it's salamander, you know? I'll let it go. And then I, I cheer up. on the amphibians, you know. Yeah. They're kind of getting shunned by human practices. Right. Yeah. And so, but I, later up, I looked it up and they're endangered here and definitely not illegal bait. So I guess I did the right thing by letting it go. I, that would be the only thing that I could really think of. They're like, oh, what is, what the hell is that? You know? 
that didn't already know what it was. Yeah. So moral of the story, what I'm hearing is, and I'm in the same boat, if I would have caught something that either I knew what it was and it was rare, mm-hmm. or I, I didn't know what it was, I would release it. Yeah. You know, like if it's rare and I haven't seen it, I'm thinking, well, it's probably better. And I know it's not invasive. I'm going to be thinking it's better off in the water because yeah. it's rare for a reason. So I'm not going to kill this thing or right. keep it and risk killing it for some dumb ass reason um, because it needs like the species, the population needs to propagate to some level. So me releasing it is going to enhance that yeah. propagation. Um, so yeah, I would have, if I would have been in his shoes, I would have let it go. And yeah. if somebody says, like, oh, you should have done this, you should have done that. Like, well, I feel like releasing it trumps all of those things. And if somebody has an issue with it, you just contact the DNR and tell them what you witnessed. Mm-hmm. Just that documentation means a lot, you yep. know. Um, I have a funny, I actually do have a funny story, though, about a misidentified species. Let's hear it. I was a new angler, just kind of got, got, got into fishing. It's probably about six years ago. I was like, just you were a new angler six yep. years ago. Yep. You didn't now, grow. Up. I thought you grew up so fishing. I grew up fishing with my dad. My dad was a cat fisherman. Okay. So that's really all I knew was like catching bluegill for my dad, and we'd yeah. go out and your frogs looking at me by the his way. His frogs he been is. eating them worms like crazy. I know he's. God, he's. We're he's buying a, a Keys's aquarium that's got a baby. Soft shell, not sure if it's a greater or lesser soft shell turtle. There's a crab, and what's that frog? It's an African something frog. Okay, so there's a frog, a turtle, and a crab all looking at us right now. I've not <laughs> seen, I've been here for three days or two days or whatever, and I've not seen all three of them, and now they're all looking at us. Probably means they're hungry because they know, like, when we come up, they'll, they, they know now that, like, Dude, oh, humans you, will feed they us. They just got fed a crab ton. I know, and there's still food in there. All know. right, anyway, back to what you're talking about. Okay, so when I first, I would say not when I first got into fishing, when I first got back into fishing, because my dad did used to take me fishing when I was younger. When I got into high school, I thought I was too Ta- cool to what, fish. Oh, okay, you just answered the question. Like, what got you out of fishing? I just thought, I, I don't know, I thought I was too cool to go fish with my dad, but then it wasn't later on in life where I started enjoying fishing myself, and then I started going on my own. Yep. Anyways, so when I f- first got back into fishing it was mostly like channel cats and bass and i was fishing a lake in illinois i'm not going to say the body of water because we don't do that here correct um i caught a fish that i thought was a bass but it was not a bass i misidentified it and i put my thumb in its mouth like it's a bass and it really hurts. <laughs> it was a walleye. This fish had northern. teeth. Saw guy. Yeah. And yeah. They have the weeniest teeth in the world. You must be soft. I am very soft. <laughs> I had soft hands back. Soft then. and supple hands back in the day. I and didn't. Then, I didn't deadlift as much. Then you found the weight room. That's right. And now you're less soft. That's right. And I got calluses. So. All right, mud puppies. I caught one last fall. Not mm-hmm. this fall, but the fall prior. And I was super jacked. I knew what it was instantly. Um, They are an indicator of clean water. So to see them is a good thing. You know, if if they were were present and are now absent, that's not great for that body of water. That means there's pollution issues. I didn't know that. Yep. Same with uh, helgramites and Mm -hmm. dobson flies. So helgramites are aquatic 
Um, did I take your story, your words, keys? I got bit by a Dobson fly. They're meaner than shit. At the same spot that I caught that. Um, there you go. Mud, uh, and that's where I saw those river rotters at. There you go. A couple days ago. So it must be pretty clean water there. Yeah, you can eat some fish there and feel okay about it. Like yeah. it doesn't eliminate all problems, but you know, you can feel good that there's some, some decent water quality there. Yeah. <laughs> so Helgramites and mud puppies, if they're there, you know, good deal. That river's doing all right. Um, and so. if you don't know what any of these are, if you want to have nightmares tonight, Google Dobson, male, male Dobson flies. They are intimidating bugs. <laughs> like, yeah. the, and when you Google it, it's just, just imagine this thing is five inches long because that's how big they are. They're, Did you see the video I posted of it ever? Uh-uh. I posted a video last year of it. And For a guy who does a lot of things on social media, I'm not on social media that yeah, much. I'm going to Google it right now because I don't know. If, I don't think I know what a Dobson fly is. Okay, when you hear James start crying, <laughs> so you know he found it. I, I caught one, a Dobson fly, and I had one of those like six-inch long like lighters that, you know, like grill lighters that you Yeah, grill lighters. lighters. Yeah. Sure. And so I was just like holding up to it, and it's pinchers. Like I got it on video. It crunched the top of that lighter and you could hear it go no way a male one did the male ones don't bite that hard actually their horns get in the way of their jaws it's the female ones it might have been a female then yeah they got the shorter stouter jaws that will crunch stuff like they are mean they'll draw blood no problem i mean they obviously didn't bend the metal but it sounded like it was like crunching sure it was crazy so the the mud puppy i caught the mud puppy when i was catfishing Mm -hmm. and um Reeled it in. I, I had nibbles from the mud puppy. And it was re- reeled it in, checked the bait, and he was just on there. And I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. This is mud puppy. Um, water quality must not be bad. I don't feel bad about keeping fish out of here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, if I eat fish like five times, or not, I don't know if I've ever eaten fish <laughs> five times a week. If I eat fish like three or four times a week, which doesn't happen often but it does happen yeah. i'm like am i killing myself <laughs> <You know? laughs> but but if you know to see that just made me feel a little bit better about it and it was on video and i was excited to share the video and i had too much space on my computer or didn't have enough space on my computer so i was trying to delete old footage mm-hmm. and i accidentally deleted it when i was pretty much done with editing the video heartbreak I wouldn't call it a heartbreak, but it was like this would have been a cool thing yeah. to show people, you know, especially people from Iowa to to know that there's some waterways in their bread basket of America, like America's number one agricultural state that isn't severely impacted or as severely impacted by agriculture. Like that'd be a cool thing to share. And yeah, I deleted it like a real jackass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh, what, what, James, how'd you get into fishing? My uncles. <clears throat> Your uncles sound like hell of a guy. And colorful characters. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You talk about them a lot. Is there anything you would be willing to share on here that wouldn't embarrass them that would be funny and entertaining? That would embarrass them? Would not. Like, you wouldn't want to share anything here that they oh, yeah. would. Yeah, they, I would. I would definitely love to embarrass them. Okay, embarrass them then. But, I don't know. There's a lot of stories. Well, tell us them. <laughs> I'm tr- I just, I come up blank. All right, we'll come back to it. Yeah. Um, uh, do Microphones. No. 
I'm debating how I want to go about this. How did I get into fishing is what you asked me, and then I got distracted. That's allowed. Yeah, how did you get into fishing? Your uncle's... <clears throat> so I was, uh, I was probably second grade. The first time I went on my first fishing trip with my uncles, it was okay. my uncle Mike and my uncle Chad. And so how old would you have been? Seven? Seven. Yeah. And it was an overnighter trip. They did a lot of night fishing. Okay. You know, I grew up thinking you can only fish for catfish at night. Yeah. And that's how I was brought into it. And You and a lot of other people. Yeah. It, it's part of the gig. And uh, I was a chicken shit, so. Was? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> Not sca- still? No. I go fishing. You're scared of a microphone. Let's get yeah, real. <laughs> that's very true. I go fishing, you know, solo in the dark, wherever, whenever, all the time now. But uh, back then, even with both of my uncles, I was scared of everything. And they prayed on it. You know, they gave me a hard time, just like uncle should. As they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I'm an uncle. Oh, really? I can't wait to do that. I'm about to be an uncle. My sister's due uh, in a few days, actually. Thursday. Oh, wow. Yep. Cool. Yeah, that is cool. But uh, <clears throat> long story short. Uncle I, Jimmy. I, <laughs> I went, on, uh, went on several fishing trips with them, and I always ended up falling asleep somewhere, somehow, on a rock, in a car, alone. Yeah. But... They drug me along every time, mm-hmm. and that's how I got into catfishing. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's the end? Uh, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to tell us about how they were, like, scaring you and stuff. <sighs> Blair Witch stories on river banks. There was this one time uh, my Uncle Chad took me to uh, the Gear River, and we were sitting there. It was dark. You can't name bodies water names. Gosh, gosh darn it. So... Golly there, gee, God started. Yeah. There was this one time my uncle took me uh, fishing along this riverside where we lived. And uh, um, there was this, the, the moon was hitting the water just right. And it was projecting this light across the riverside. And he's like, you see that over there? And I was like, just looking into the darkness. He's like, you see the Blair Witch? And I was like, and of course I was, the Blair Witch. yeah, I was scared to death. It was right after the movie came out. And I wasn't even supposed to watch it, but I snuck in the living room whenever they were watching it and, you know, seen the scary parts. So, of course, I was scared to death. And uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, that night I ended up sneaking back to the car and hiding in the back seat. <laughs> 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 couldn't, couldn't hang on. Couldn't hang out on the river bend too much longer after that. I was ready to go. Keys, you ever see any weird shit on the water? Oh, yeah. Like what? Um. Well, the craziest thing that actually ended up not being that weird was one time I was on a body of water. Okay. I was fishing. It was a lake. And I was flathead fishing from my kayak. And I decided it was, uh, that I was going to fish all through the night. Not camp, just on my kayak all night. That's not comfortable. It's not comfortable at all. I've done that a couple times. Yeah. And so, anyways, it was just one of those nights, and at, like, 4 a.m., I'm, like, nodding off, kind of falling asleep, got my rods out still. And I see, I think it was, like, six perfectly aligned, it looked like stars or lights in the light, in the sky, moving ahead of me, like, up from... From below the lake, like the, like if you imagine like a sea level or whatever, the bottom of the lake. Like UFO shit. Yes. It yeah. looked like six UFO, UFO ships. Try not to cuss. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Going, you know, from below the lake up. 
And I'm just like, I'm walking, and I'm like freaking out, like, what the hell is this? What is this? Oh my gosh. Drank too many beers. I actually didn't even drink that night. I was like, just spiced up. How do you on- sleep in a kayak and not drink? You know, I was just, it was one of those nights where I was i was on a mission to catch a big flight. Sure. You know how that is. I do. Sometimes you don't need that. You're just like, I'm, I want to do this. Yep. I totally get it. I was jazzed up. And, uh, Anyways, so I see that I'm like I'm like freaking out. I'm like I'm I'm seeing UFOs. This is it? I'm one of the you know. And I I sometimes go down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole. I'm not gonna lie. And uh, anyways, so that's going on. And I'm like so I'm like all right. Well, let's, let's just get on. I had I had phone reception there, so I got on Google and looked up, and it was actually the Elon Musk Starlink. <laughs> you got Satellites. to witness that? That Dude, wasn't too long ago. No, it was last year, and um, it was right at the right time over. The area where I was fishing, mm-hmm. and I looked it up, and it was like, "Oh yeah, it says right here at this time for like 34 a.m. or whatever time it was. There, you should be able to see them to be visible." And it was at that right time. I'm like, I mean, I had no clue that was gonna happen. I just looked it up, but it was like for like a brief moment, totally freaked me out. I dude. bet I thought I was having one of those crazy like I'm about to get abducted UFO moments. I had one of those moments once on the water. Really? Yeah. I was actually working at the time. I worked for a dredge company, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we were out moving debris that we had cleaned out of the cutter head, and there's two orbs just start floating around, circling in the sky. Just and I, we were just mesmerized by them. You know, we just kept watching them. Yeah. Like, wait a second, is that the? Because there was a uh, airport nearby. Mm-hmm. Is that the airport? You know, because you know how the airport light will sometimes, but it was. Comple- I don't. It was completely different. Like these yeah. orbs were almost chasing each other, and I don't necessarily believe in any you know afterlife type experience or anything like that. But that was the most um, surreal, surreal, mm-hmm. unidentifiable thing I've ever witnessed in my entire life on the water. So you don't believe in aliens? Aliens? I've never seen one. Me either. I believe in what I see. So. That's it. Yep. The end. The end. Have you ever seen a jaguar? Nope. So God, you don't you're believe smart. in Jaguars? You're very, he's a very clever man. You know that? <laughs> That's excessive. You'd make if I have seen man. a Jaguar, it was either in a book or movie or at the zoo. So Yeah. yeah. I'm going to draw you a picture of something. <laughs> and you'll believe in that. An alien? Yeah. <laughs> draw you a picture of a 100-pound flat, pound flathead. 200-pound flathead. 200-pound flathead. I'll tell you what. That, that Starlink, I thought I was seeing a freaking alien. Dude. I was losing my mind for a little bit. That I was probably a little delirious. It was early in the morning. I'd been out fishing all night on a kayak. There you go, James. 200-pound flathead. Right <laughs> that there. is the worst picture I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> well, you believe it. I believe it. <laughs> this is why you need to start filming your podcast, because that would have been a good one for the audience to see. If you want to edit them, it's done. I'm not. I no. guess we're not filming. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, what's his name on Joe Rogan's podcast? Uh, Jamie. Jamie. Jamie no. Jamie's the man. I could be your Jamie, dude. I just said you could, I could and you said no. Jamie, you yeah. said you weren't, and then you said Because you're not going to pay me what Joe Rogan pays Jamie, I bet. I'm not going to pay you anything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen any weird shit on the water. Like, the weirdest yeah. thing that I've ever seen, all my weird stuff has been totally explainable. Yeah. Was yours explainable, James? I didn't no, ask. No, nobody ever figured out what it was right, causing So that. yours wasn't. All mine have been easily explained. The weirdest one, the weirdest one, in my eyes... I was sleeping on a freaking rock in a sleeping bag. No sleeping pad, no cot, just on a sleeping bag 
on South Padre Island on a rock on a jetty. Mm-hmm. And I wake up at, as the sun is cresting the horizon, my eyes open up and from me a foot away from my face, as soon as I open my eyes, I see another set of eyes a foot from my face. I am on my feet before I even knew I was on my feet. And it was a freaking raccoon. That's a, I, that was exactly what yeah. I thought it was. It was, it was raccoon. a raccoon and he was right in my grill and then at least a dozen of his homies were, you know, 20 feet behind him. And I just imagined them looking at me sawing logs on this rock saying, who's going to do it? You won't do it, you big pansy. You know, just. <laughs> I had a good friend of mine send me a video of him spanking a raccoon off the front of his boat because it climbed in his boat and was eating bait out of his bait bucket. Climbed in his boat? Climbed in his boat. He was I've beached up. I've never had that happen. That's it climbed crazy. in his boat and was eating bait out of the bait bucket. Dude, raccoons. And there's a video of him reaching up and smacking it on the ass and saying, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> raccoons are fearless, man. They, they are. They really are. I've had one where I was flathead fishing and he kept it's like early in the morning like one or two in the morning Mm -hmm. i was in and out of napping i was fishing by myself and this raccoon kept trying to steal bait out of my cooler and it's amazing how good they are opening latches oh they robbed me clean one night real like what do you mean clean like uh, cut like you had a cooler shad and they took all your shad opened the cooler up and took everything out of it see on padre that's funny you say that because before the advent of the yeti cooler which um keys has never bought one but he gets them for christmas i do yeah thank you all my (laughs) (laughs) ex-girlfriends if you're ever listening to this so before before the advent of the yeti cooler it was the coleman cooler with the the steel twist like hinges mm-hmm. or latches i guess they'd be latches steel twist latches and people would use those because the coons couldn't get in your cooler when you using them but if you bought the cheapo coleman with the flip lat plastic latches yep. they'd be able to get into them I got, I got a funny story about that okay so i took my cousin not my, not your yeti no it was my it was kind of like the bait cooler i have now where it's a flip lid you can just flip it open with one wheel, the wheelie cooler with one wheel. I think this one actually had two wheels. It so was fully operational. I think every bait cooler that has wheels should only have one wheel. Yeah, I think it be, should be illegal. Like if you have a bait cooler <laughs> that has wheels and it has two wheels, yeah, it's that too should, nice. That should be a finable offense. Yeah, that's too yeah. nice to be a bait cooler. That's what I'm saying. But anyway, anyways, so we went out fishing all night. It didn't really do good. I caught like one good eater-sized channel cat. And this is like back in the day when I had, I had like little ass John boat. Okay. So, anyways, I had it on a stringer. We come back to our campsite, and we throw the channel cat. This, I I didn't take the stringer out. The stringer was still in the channel cat. I put it in the the cooler, which was a little flip lid. It didn't have any latches or anything. Cooler. And so we're just sitting by the campfire, hanging out, joking, laughing, whatever. And the cooler's literally a foot away from me. I mean, it's not like it's back over somewhere else. It's a foot away from me sitting next to the campfire. We're sitting there talking, smoking, and joking. And all of a sudden, we all hear a like a latch fall down. Right. Look over. Sure enough, a raccoon was in our you cooler. You say sure enough like you expected a raccoon to be there. That would be the last thing I would think it about a cooler last. sitting by me. Yeah. <laughs> it actually was the last thing. But we, but we looked over like, holy crap, what the heck was that? 
look to the cooler, and all we see is a stringer. We could see the stringer taken off. And I'm like, something got her. Something just went in our cooler, grabbed the catfish that we just got, and took it off to the woods. So we all three, and we may have been drinking some adult beverages It happens. Night. It happens. Oh, I haven't yeah. told you guys the drinking game. No, you haven't. No. No, anytime somebody says the term bullhead, everybody has to take take a drink. That's not fair because I'm drinking whiskey. Well, I didn't tell you what to drink. I got a beer here, too. Okay. Cheers. So, anyways, long story short, we take out, we're just basically following the stringer. We go go through the woods. How long is this stringer? I mean, you, it you was catch like, a lot of fish. It's probably like 100 feet long. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. No, it's, it's probably like you're just six or eight foot stringer. Being very modest. Yeah. Being modest. It was, it was How like, do you see this, follow the stringer and not see what's attached to the end if it's only well, six Well, I mean, feet? at first we just saw the stringer, but after we started chasing, we knew it was a raccoon. Okay. But he ran actually ran into the water. We were fishing at a lake, and there were some woods where we were camping. We ran through the woods, went there, and I grabbed the stringer, put a little tug of war with him. And I got our catfish back. He was a little gnawed up, but we still ate him. That's good. There's no reason to waste that. No. I mean, it, it, I could see people doing that. Yeah. But it just shows how ballsy some of these raccoons can be. I mean, it's crazy, man. All right, here's one. I was fishing below a local spillway, mm-hmm. and it was a good evening. I didn't catch a limit of walleyes, but I caught close. It was like three or four. Mm-hmm. I had them on a stringer tied to my tackle bag. I was standing on this flat rock amongst a bunch of other rocks so there wasn't, like, ground to shove the pointy part of the stringer in the ground. I tied it to my tackle bag. I'm standing on it. The stringer's running. Tackle bag's behind me. Strings, stringer's between my feet. I'm casting, 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 whatever. My tackle bag bumps my heels. Weird, right? You know? It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Tackle bag bumps my heels. I look down at the string. The string's tight. I grab the string, pull on it. The stringer pulls back. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just to make sure you understand where I'm coming from. I'm on this big, big ass rock. It's flat. It's a nice casting platform. And it's higher than all the other rocks. And underneath this rock is space like there's water and there's open space so i'm pulling on the stringer the stringer pulls back i pull it pull, it's <laughs> happened a handful of times i pull and it pulls back and um i eventually pull and it lets go mm-hmm. and i immediately am looking around the rock to see if anything shoots out in a mink shot out from under the rock holy crap it, it had climbed under the rock grabbed my fish and tried to take them wherever it was going to take them and it just happened to tug on them the wrong direction we're at, oh yeah, I've had larger fish come up and try to eat stringers before. Mm-hmm. I've never had that happen. Yeah, like what kind of fish? It had to have been a catfish. Well, it doesn't have to be. There's a lot of fish that'll eat a fish. I've never had that happen. Not in the bodies of water that I fish though. Okay, so tell us more. So I was fishing a local lake, and the largest, most aggressive fish in that lake right now is a catfish. It could have been a largemouth. What What was on your stringer? That paints a bigger picture. Were you Carp. Talking- it was bait. Like it was a big, big chunk of like a eight to ten pound carp. Like the whole Common thing. Common carp, whole or? thing. I was just cutting flays off of it and putting it back in the water. Okay. And it came up and hit that thing with force. So you never saw what it was. No. You just know something tried to rip Huge. it out. 
That's interesting. Yep. And I and was I'll, it nighttime, daytime? I take that back. I, if I said it was on a stringer, I, I take that back because this particular time I was actually just setting it in the net. Okay. Because I had the net hanging over the side of the boat. That's weird. And it thrashed it hard, and then hit the side of the boat hard. And oh, so like, off the boat, not yeah. off the bank. Okay. I mean, it hit it hard, and then that's boom. a whole new layer to the story. Yep. That's super weird. I was impressed, and it scared the crap out of and me. You never saw what it was. I never seen what it was. It was was pitch it black daytime? Night. No, okay. pitch black, middle of the night. Man, that opens the door. It could be a bajillion different things. If you're wondering what that sound was, that was Keys taking a leak. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel relieved now? I do, and I apologize if you guys heard that. Oh, they absolutely heard it. <laughs> I mean, if we had muskies, I would consider that could be a possibility, but we don't even have that in our lake. See, that's one thing about Iowa is. We have everything, but I wasn't good for anything. Mm. Like, if you get really in tuned with what the fish are doing at certain times, you can stay on bites consistently. But the reality of the situation is, Iowa, Iowa's not the best fishery, and they don't take care of them. Like, I would feel bad. I'd feel like I'm talking trash a little bit, but Iowa takes care of their deer. And the regulations, in my eyes, show that that's what they care about. Mm-hmm. So that's just my opinion. That but also you, makes what you do more impressive. I know. But do you want to be in like, my eyes? Do you want to be like super strict, like Minnesota, or do you want to like a middle ground? Like, if I had, if I had to go super strict or not strict, I'd go super strict. Makes sense. Minnesota has some substantially impressive fisheries. They do. In Iowa, Iowa doesn't. Yep. Yep. I'm trying to think of... They also have 10,000 lakes. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, I'm trying to think. Iowa's most underrated fishery is probably the hybrids. If there's any fishery, if I'm going to take a step back from talking trash on Iowa, um, if there was any fishery where I would put them up against other states in the country it'd be it'd be hybrids and i don't know where i'd put them but i was probably very minimum top 10 probably top five hybrid fishery those are probably some of my favorite videos of yours and i am very envious of the hybrids that you got that you catch like you guys got them but we got more and bigger ones Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah by far yeah and i would say if if i had to pick a number one i'd say kansas Kansas probably has the most and biggest overall high. Well, maybe not the biggest, but I'd have to look at state records. Mm -hmm. They have a pile of really nice hybrids. Missouri's real good. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some good ones in Nebraska and certain places. Tennessee's pretty good too, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure there's good hybrids there. Um, Oklahoma is really good. Um, Tennessee's got the real stripers. That's what everyone goes goo. That's what I was thinking about. Sorry. Yeah, they go goo goo and gaga over them, and they should. Mm-hmm. Which maybe they have really good hybrid fishing that goes under the radar. Right. That yeah. happens a lot. You know, like there's the um, difference between a hybrid, a striper, and a white bass is just well, whether or not the lines are dotted or straight. Or, I mean, I uh, so it's, people it's can tooth patches, well, it's body shape. There's a lot of different stuff, but I would say. You want to talk about the real difference? It's fight. Yeah. yeah, a hybrid fights better. I've caught enough stripers where I feel confident saying a hybrid fights better pound for pound. Well, really? I did a, a guide service in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and I caught we caught three twenty pound plus pound stripers. So it's 
I you got to keep in account what the gear you're catching it on too, though. Right. It, it was catfish gear. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. catching them on some big, beefy stuff lots of times. But I'm saying if you're catching 20-pound pure blood stripers, it, yeah, it could be easy to lose in the mix of a hybrid, you know, that doesn't normally get 20 pounds. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Hybrids have no quit. That's they, they go hard, and they go hard they, for a long time. They fight hard. Stripers fight hard. I feel like stripers just throw in the bucket or throw in the towel just a little bit earlier than hybrids hybrids do not quit they do not they do they will i've, I've whipped some hybrid ass in my day really yeah in my in my well i don't have Com- as much comparably speaking to a lot of other fish how no. many times have they whooped your ass yeah i would say compared to other fish they don't quit yeah compared to other fish i've i've had my ass whooped by some hybrids i mean probably three or four times no fish has beat my ass more than a flathead has. Really? But hybrids are, the, are number two. What's your favorite lure to catch a hybrid? It depends on time of year. But if I could only, if you want to, like, go to the extreme, which is the funnest question. Like, mm-hmm. if you could only fish one, mm-hmm. if you could only fish one, <laughs> it would be a jig of some sort, like, weight varying on location and depth and current speed which, which yeah i'm thinking like whether it's a plastic or a It'd be feather a, a or jig, a hair rig it's all plastic a jig and split tail plastic not really paddle tail there's something about a split tail plastic that makes fish with stripes go stupid i don't know if it's like how it darts or whatever mm-hmm. like you look at it underwater and it does move different but why that difference makes such a difference, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I just know it does. And that's good enough for me. Yep. Off topic, I don't like paddle tails in general because I feel like paddle tails get too many hits on the tail. It just misses the hook. But anyways, that's just me. Off topic. Paddle tail like a swim talk jig. Talk amongst yourselves. There isn't off topic here. I think that's shit. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. It's just I'm saying that's just me. Why? I just feel like I miss, like, I use curly tails a lot. But how do you know that's that's why you're missing fish? It's just my guess. So it's you just, don't know. It's just, Fisherman's my guess. Superstition. Well, it's just my guess when I go out. And most is so for, you, most so is, you don't know. I don't know, but most okay. is for walleye fishing. And if I if when I use paddle tails versus when I use uh, curly tails, I feel like I miss a lot more on paddle tails. Not say I'm not caught in on paddle tails, but I feel like my hookup ratio is better on curly tails. And it's just my I don't know if it's true or not. I feel like maybe they're just biting the tails and not getting the whole thing down. I don't know. But you don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's just my unprofessional fisherman. The term term would be anecdotal observation. That, what he just said. So your anecdotal observation, without eliminating variables, are we talking about baits that are the same size? Are we talking? Same size. Same size, just one's paddle tail, one's curly tail. Three-inch twister versus a three-inch swim bait. Yes, and you're saying I have better hookup ratio personally, and this is mostly for walleye and white bass. How do you say. know their walleyes hitting them? I don't know. It could be it could be white bass hitting them or something else. That's just not. I. It's what it's all anecdotal. Like I don't know for sure. You what know? type of fishing rod are you using? Uh, mostly a, cher- a cheap ass cherry wood. Okay. <laughs> For the most so, part. Hey, same. <laughs> I rock cherry woods. Yeah, man. Uh, cherry woods a great rod. 20, so, 25 bucks, man. Yep. No, there's very few better bangs for your buck. Like, 
bass walleye crappie rods than a cherry wood. Yeah. <laughs> but my, you just wonder the the thing with fishing is there's or just anything. Mm-hmm. So there's so many variables that aren't taken into account. Yeah, and I'm not saying the rod makes a difference. I'm not saying um, the lure makes a difference. It might I'm be not, my presentation. Maybe I'm not. I, what I do you? Have, it just depends on what you mean by presentation. Well, like if I'm like, let's say walleye fishing. So I do usually about three different presentations, and I think you do some so of the same. When you say presentation, you mean lure? You mean how you fish the lure? How I fish the lure? Okay. So I do the kind of pop and drop. Where I let it sink to pop, the bottom, lock and pop drop it, it, lock and drop it. Okay, yeah. okay. Which is my, I do that with both. Okay. I'll also do like a, um, just a slow, very slow, just let it hit the bottom, a slow reel in. Yep. I get walleyes that way. Yep. And then I'll do another one where it is, I'll do like a, I count, for me, I count three, three revolutions. So I'll do three reels. Okay. And I'll let it sink to the bottom. Three reels, let it sink to the bottom. Those are pretty much... Those three type of presentations is generally what I use. Okay. So whether I'm using paddle tail or twister tail, and I just have better. I feel like I have better hookup ratio with twister tail, but it could be all you know in my head or whatever. But or maybe it's not. Yeah. My point being is I'm just saying I do better for personally. There's so many variables and there's so many instances of people romanticizing the past and making a bigger deal out of some things than they really are or making less of a deal out of some things than they really are based on their personal biases. One of my favorite quotes is your your biggest obstruction to future success is your past success. I would agree with that. Getting stuck on, oh, well, this worked here so it's always gonna work yeah this and that i'm gonna always do this but that comes down to confidence like True. and then, then then you have that yep. avenue of psychology based on it because mm-hmm. i mean the term confidence bait gets thrown around confidence is huge though but in exactly mm-hmm. so you are if you have this bait that's had success you're gonna fish it with more virtue than you would have a bait that's brand new or yeah. one you don't believe i'd in. rather use a lesser bait but i'm confident and i'm fishing it hard and doing the right things and thinking than a bait that i'm not confident about so the reason i'm skeptical of what you're talking about mm-hmm. is i don't think the bait even really matters that much if they're hungry they're hungry you're right like yeah. the most important thing is you put your bait in front of a fish who's ready to eat yeah and what it is and how it moves and how you fish it is less important than just putting it in front of that hungry fish. Yeah. And then if you have a bunch of not hungry fish or, you know, whatever, like yeah. that, that, that um, variable is no longer a factor than the next things fall in line. Yeah. Like, okay, you can't put your bait in super hungry fish's faces. So you have less hungry fish and then the style of bait becomes more important or the speed becomes more important or the depth you're presenting it becomes more important. But the difference between a twister tail and a paddle tail in my mind mm-hmm. is one of the, the, the least significant variables that factors in. So, so do you think it has a lot to do with like, you know, we, and we've talked about this. It's like, you know, some days the fish are just on. It doesn't matter for what bait you're yeah, using. Yeah, you could just, throw anything and they're going to eat. So let's say I'm having one of those days and I'm using my twister tail. Mm-hmm. And so from then on, I'm thinking twister tail is the shiznit. Right. You know? And I use paddle tail the next day and I don't get nothing. I'm like, screw paddle tail. So what do you suggest? Do you think, you, you know, like... Do you think you just use you should switch on and off between different baits that much, or just first I sh- would suggest don't overthink it. 
Yeah. Like, the it's fish. It's hard for a fisherman to do sometimes. I suggest well, use whatever you're confident in. We just talked about that. Oh, yeah. You were in the bathroom. I yeah. just stepped away that. and took a potty break. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So welcome to the conversation. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I think yeah, you're right. That's too. what I said. I would say don't overthink it. Go with what you feel most confident in yes, first because yep. you're probably going to fish it with the, the most attention, the most belief. You're going to fish it the most effectively based on how that presentation is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, you can have a progression. I think I have a progression of, of things, and I think that's good. But I have a bait that I generally start with at this time of year, these water conditions, whatever. And uh, if those things change, then, yeah, I'll do different stuff. Oh, that's those are sirens. Fire truck just took off. Okay, yeah, I thought someone was squealing at us for a second. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I have that progression of things that I do. But yeah, like it does my progression even make that much of a difference beyond what's in my head as far as actually putting fish in the the boat or on the bank or whatever. I'd have to look at the data yeah. to to know for sure. I don't How much data do you actually log? Do you log a lot, like water temp and everything? Um, if we want to run through everything, I log. And I log. If anybody wants a tip on how to log sh- shit, like with, you know, that's something that I want to get better at. All right, download Google Sheets mm-hmm. and make us a, a spreadsheet. And I'll pull mine up right now. So this is catfishing and different things. I do different stuff, but I keep date. Hours fished, water body spot type. Um, so, like, I have the the water body and then the specific spot on the water body. And then, uh, oh, I hear some sirens yep, again. Another fire truck. Is this house on fire? <laughs> um, Feels like it. Yeah, it's not ours. But. So then I do bait location, like where at within the spot the bait got hit. Water depth, air temp, water temp, atmospheric pressure, whether it's rising or falling, moon phase, um, flow, whether the the water is rising or falling, Mm -hmm. bait, uh, whether it was a bottom or or on a bobber, number of fish, time caught, fish size, and then like a spot for just general notes. Do you do that every trip? every for some i do every trip some not like i'm not logging any trips out here gotcha because it doesn't apply to me directly and i'll take mm-hmm. anecdotal like i'll apply anecdotal information yeah. to my if you're here for a couple of days it's just whatever's gonna happen gonna right happen. but specific right. body of water information yeah i'm, I'm not logging it but gotcha. I, I did expand this so i do species mm-hmm. and i'll do flatheads channels i'll do wipers walleyes and I also have a Mississippi, Missouri log for those those rivers. We don't talk about body water, Spencer. Those are big enough. I don't care. <laughs> they get enough pressure. <laughs> gotcha. Yep. That answers my question. Yeah. Other yeah. Than the, it made me want to think about another question, though. How often do you talk about moon phases and how that affects whether or not I don't talk about a whole lot of this stuff, yeah. especially in video format, because mm-hmm. people quit watching. Gotcha. That's the fun thing, or not fun thing, funny thing. The thing that I find entertaining is because I'll look at the analytics of different YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and when I talk about the stuff that actually matters for catching fish on a video, people click off of it. So I quit doing it, which it's like double whammy, you know? 
I there's something serious going yeah, on. Yeah, there is. That's another fire truck. Yeah, something's going down down the street, man. You know, hoods are getting rough these days. <laughs> I live in the hood, y'all. We're at my house. This is Quebec, by the way. This is not the hood. This is All right. I've been in the hood. This no. is not the hood. Actually, actually, we live like right outside the rich, very rich part of town. Yeah. So anyway, um, wait, what, what was your question? But, but I'm not rich. Just well, we were talking here. about moon phases, and then you went into how that oh, turns people into don't people, care. Yeah, people don't care about that type of stuff. Oh, the, the entertaining part I find about that is I don't feel compelled to share anything that matters. Gotcha. Like people, entertainment value for video seems to be the number one variable that makes the most difference in how they perform. So... <clears throat> if I spend most of my time on trying to make the video fun, I'm having fun. I'm always having fun mm-hmm. and make it less educational and mm-hmm. more entertainment. They do better. I feel better. Like I enjoy the video. I enjoy editing the video and then I don't feel bad about, right. you know, decimating a fishery because I'm sharing key bits of information i call that a Which, win in my head yeah that makes sense too because your channel is not based around an educational version of how to it's more of you just no, going out it and doing have been. it could have been i would say people quit. it's both though it's both no it is learn, both because i've learned i've learned a lot from his channel. I've, from I've watched your channel, channel for but several years you don't years. have to say something to sh- teach somebody right. something you can exactly. show it like exactly. somebody could watch what i'm doing and pick up on a lot of key little pieces of information yeah and then it just varies based on how observational you are. Yeah. And I'm not implying that I know everything, but I'm implying I know a few things. And then somebody who doesn't know the things that I know can pick those things up from those videos. And I think a lot of people do. What yeah. I meant for my statement was like your videos isn't like you don't just post how to, you know. No, it's not like step by step instructional exactly. type videos. No. So if you're, I would if, be if bored editing those. Ex- I man. know, like yeah. I, I would fall, and I get why people click off of it because I, unless it directly pertained to what I wanted to know at that exact moment, I would click off of it too. But if yeah. your channel was more based around that, then you might get you know the same amount of views on your moon phases and all you know all your other how tos and this works and this doesn't work type. Because yep. that's what it would be based around. That's why people well, are going to your and channel. And you bring up a good point. Like somebody, anybody who's listening to this, think about what a YouTube channel you subscribe to. Everybody subscribes to a channel for a reason. Yep. You know, like whether it's entertainment, education, escapism, relatability, like all those are forms of value that you can provide to your audience through a YouTube or any any visual media and if that person is not providing those things that you subscribe for, you're less likely to click on the video that they uploaded. Absolutely. And whenever I subscribed to your channel many years ago, it was re- relatability, yeah. like you said, and entertainment. Well, yeah. I was going to add, I was going to, I was going to throw a question. Like, I'll let you go again, maybe go in a little further detail. Is like, what got you to watch and like Spencer's videos and subscribe? Oh, to now, now this conversation Whoa. getting freaking Deep. weird. Getting, let me know. get my well, sorry, just I'm let me get my buck boots on. Do you want don't, me to go pee? You so, go first. Don't raise his ego. So there's no. It's just weird. You're talking about like why do you like Spencer? Yeah. Well, I well I would. I don't say, even know how I stumbled across his videos yeah, to be honest with you. Because you like catfish. I mean, honestly, that's yeah. probably I just came across it one that day was, and I. I 
well, watched the first video and then I watched the second, third, fourth, fifth, and it just kept going on. Well, I'm here, like, here's here's the three here's the three right? common thing about us. We all love to catfish. Right. Yeah. We all love catfish. Yeah. You know. So obviously I just love to fish. I do too, but the catfish, but, but catfish is definitely are, where my heart's at. Yeah, we're a different breed than bass fishermen, yeah. or you know any other type of fishermen. We're we're cat fishermen at heart. Yep. You know, now I'll, I'll. So what's the point you're getting at? The point I'm getting at is like um, I'm just trying to figure out what what people like how different people maybe attracted to you and how I don't even freaking know. You don't know either. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I edit a video, I post a video, and people watch it. I'm like, people watch this shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate the people who watch this shit, but it's still like mind numbing. Yeah. Like, okay, there's the, this many people who enjoy these videos enough to click on them. Exactly. Some kid. World's changing. It I is. I don't even watch TV anymore. I don't. I don't. I haven't watched TV in a decade. Unless it's football, I watch YouTube, and that's how I am. Yeah. So the thing that blew my mind, that truly blew my mind, is my videos were getting like ten to fifteen thousand views on average, and I was just like, mm-hmm. "Wow, that's a lot." Yeah, you know, it's like a lot of people. Then a kid at school goes, "That's as many or more people than live in the city that I'm teaching in." I'm like, yeah. "Holy shit, that's well, a lot." It's of really people. started sinking in. Right. Well, here's what interested me to you because. I started following you before you were like, you would have like 3,000 people watching your video. You know, but for me, it was just like, oh my God, he's doing the same type of fishing that I'm doing. Relatability. Relatability. Yep. First of all, it's catfish. Yeah. I mean, obviously. There's all, layers of relatability. We, like, we all like catfish, but there's different types of catfishermen. Like I was at that point when I, when I found you, I had just bought a kayak. I was out there on small rivers doing small river fishing. I really got into flatheads. And like every video I've watched of yours, and at that point, at this like 2017, I think, you hadn't had a lot of videos out, and it was like, but like every video, I was like, sorry, <laughs> shoot, I can relate to this guy because I'm doing the exact same type of fishing that he's doing right now. For me, I feel like maybe it was a smaller market back then, but because I don't know how many guys use the, our type of like small river, small river fishing, like on a kayak, it's it's growing. But like it was, I felt like it was like a new movement back then, you know. Maybe, like, you know. And uh, I don't know, man. Like if I don't have the hard data, I try not to speculate. Yeah. You know, and the other thing that can skew your perception is social media because there's so many instances. There's instances where, well, the how the algorithm works, it's going to present people with similar mindsets to you. Yeah. If you're a fisherman, you're going to see more fishermen on YouTube or on Facebook or mm-hmm. any of that other yep. stuff. It's going to feel like an echo chamber of sorts, and that terminology gets thrown around. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the perception based on social media versus reality is oftentimes not the same thing. Right. But it's such a weird niche in fishing where I find somebody on YouTube who does and fishes the exact same way that I like to fish and thinks the way I like to think. I mean, inevitably, I guess, you know, the the algorithms are going to work inevitably that way. But I don't know. It was just weird. It was, like, it it was cool. And then, of course, I met you, and you were a huge asshole. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, he is a dick. Yep. You know, whatever. Yep. Accurate. Right. But I like the guy. Let's hang out. Let's fish more. (laughs) I feel like there's a a charm to it. Yeah. Yeah. 
like, wow, you're a big asshole. Right. But then you're not that much of an asshole. Right. And you're not fake. You know, there's some fake, yeah. there's some fake ones out there. Yep. Yeah, I don't speculate too much on that. I just kind of do my own thing. Yeah. Like, if you've listened to a podcast, if you've watched a video, you pretty much know me, except I say <laughs> way more in person. Yeah. That's literally <laughs> the only difference. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I might even leave more. that. I might even leave that one in just for, you know, emphasis. <laughs> Usually I cut them out. I'll leave that one. In. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. You All are right. who who you are. No. All right. I was just curious. Maybe it's good marketing research for you. Maybe get some good feedback on it. I don't know. But I I think I know. I feel like, and maybe you feel like it too, because we're both we both start off as fans of you, you know, and like, and we're and we're all friends now. But like, what that draw is, what that. But I feel like at some point, whether it's small river fishing, which I feel like I'm a little bit more into than you. Yeah, I would agree. And you're a little bit more big lake catfishing. Yep. You know than I more am. More drifting. Right style, but we both found our way. We're like, oh, we can relate to this guy. Yeah, you know. So I, I think that's cool, and I think that's, you know, goes to show, you know, the type of reach that you have. You know, you're so. making me blush. I would agree. I mean, yeah. you you do a whole lot more fishing styles, and you fish for a lot more species than I would ever even imagine targeting. Mm-hmm. And I still, well, we talked about that. Yeah. You know, I just enjoy doing a lot of different stuff. Yeah. Well, you got me into walleye fishing. Like, yeah. I. I Hey, I've been wanting to walleye fish just because of watching it. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I never would have got into it unless I went and actually fished with him. And I was like, this is fun. And oh, oh my God, we got rivers here that produce. So I caught a walleye. Yeah. I caught a walleye the other day throwing for bait and I took a picture of it just so I could show him. Like, I can do it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the biggest bass I ever saw, I caught in a cast net. Yeah. And then I've got a handful of walleyes in a cast net. Smallies. Got smallies. Ooh, that's a fun one. You ever caught any weird shit in a cast net? Oh, wow. The yeah. biggest freaking gonna, bass I've ever seen. We're going to divert this away from all this stuff, like, literally, fluffing me up. Literally, at probably an eight-pound bass. I didn't have a scale with me. In the cast net. Ginormous. Large right. mouth. So I've caught largies. Mm-hmm. White bass, wipers, walleyes, northern pike, smallmouth bass, gar, carp. Shark. I didn't catch the shark in the cast net. I watched a guy, and he almost got ripped in the water. It's crazy. I caught a huge gar in a cast net once. Yep, and they're hard on a cast net. I can't say the body of water, but you're plenty of plenty. You're you're uh, you know it very well. <laughs> plenty of plenty of Asian carp, mm-hmm. big heads and silvers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A couple shad and. <laughs> I've caught flatheads. One of, them, one I've of caught, my most I've caught flatheads in, in a I've caught net. dink flatheads in kayaks. Yeah, they're not they're not big, but you know. And then there was a dude who I know I didn't catch it. Dude caught a forty plus flathead in a cast net. Wow. I yeah. didn't caught one that big. Yeah, I hadn't either. The biggest one I ever caught in a cast net was maybe a pound. Yeah. I've uh, yeah. Probably about the same. I and I you know what's funny is I had a pet flathead for like a year. You did too? I did. And it was a guy that, like, kind of followed me on Facebook for my fishing posts. A guy gave me a flathead. And, uh, yeah, I, for like a year, I kept him. He, he did good. There's the picture of the walleye I caught in the cast net for proof. Yeah. That's a good walleye. That's solid 12 inch. Oh, yeah. I'd hate him. I'm trying to find the most. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he he went back to live another day. Nah, I don't. I have a video. You've been on my stringer. Of a cast net where I caught almost every species in one throw. Yeah. Almost. And, and, you know, in the body of water that I fish. It was wild, and I'm looking for it right now. Time out. Are we out of beer? Is there any Modelo in there? Nope. Yep. No, we are not out. There's a 30 rack in the back of my truck. Nope. Yep. Better go grab that. I will. We need a break. I got a question for you, James. So you got to get by the microphone. All right, I'm here. (laughs) Have you ever caught the plague in a cast net? The plague? No. You know know what the plague is? No. What's the plague? Keys, you don't know what the plague is? No, I don't know. The plague is throwing the cast net on a giant school of like four to eight inch channel yes i've caught the plague that's the plague i've done that i've done that oh yeah i can't take credit for that term as much as i want to because it hits it right on the nose that's all sam as as soon as you said that i'm like oh yeah that is plague yeah i've had that language don't worry i'll edit those out thank you yeah but yes the plague is horrible so we got channel cats i've caught some blues carp also the plague carp Mm -hmm. is also, carp are not the plague. No, but not, common carp, that little dorsal fin. Yeah, it's annoying. Man, they get but it's hung not the sometimes. plague. That's true. It's like the difference between the common cold and cancer. It's good yeah, catfish, yeah. Man. You just destroyed it. Well, what about you, drum? Oh, I've caught piles of drum. They come out fairly easily. Yeah, they come kind out of like fine. a crappie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Crappies. I've caught a bunch of crappie. Like yeah. I've thrown the net on yeah. hundred to two hundred crappie once before. You had 200, like one to 200 well, crappies? I had to empty the net out before I could get it like in the boat. Like big dog crappies? Eh, not really. Most of them were probably under that nine inch limit, but. Oh, you guys do have limits yep. on, size limits on crappies yeah. here. That's yeah. so weird to me because I grew up, you could kill any size. Like they recently put in a limit on crappies. That, it might have been 50 before and now it's 25, any size. I think we have a 10. Oh, I'm going to regret it's talking 15, about it's 15 this. Is it 15? At 15 at, at, it's 15 at a lake that we fish. 15. So, and is it 10? But it's 9 inches. 9 Nine inches, yeah. Nine yeah, inches. and then you head out west in Nebraska. I think most of them reservoirs are like 10. You're allowed how many unders, though? No under 9. No under. It has to be 15, and it all has to be over 9 inches. There you go. Yep. So, uh, and that, that's a lot of places in Illinois. All right. I think this is going to be a fun question. Okay. Prep yourself. You guys ready? What is the most excessive thing you've ever done to put bait in the cooler? Most excessive like thing? Like just on a bait run to catch bait? Take it however you want. Most excessive thing. Most excessive, ridiculous, whatever. Maybe... Mildly ashamed. Not illegal. (laughs) (laughs) I would say for me, so last year, me and my buddy Chris Hall, shout out to Chris Hall, my best fishing buddy. We go fishing all the time. AKA Netman. Yeah. AKA my Netman. Yeah. So last year we, we did a trip to North Dakota and we fished for Supreme Channel Cats. We each, we both caught... 25 plus pound channel cats, which is pretty phenomenal, to be honest with you, for a channel cat. I didn't um, realize you went up there. That's sweet. Yeah, we did yeah. last year. It was a good time. Um, but before we left, 
So what was the question? Like, what was the wildest thing you ever done most for excessive. bait? Excessive thing for bait? You can interpret it however you want. Like, just something where somebody would maybe shake their head or yeah. do the do the face palm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, you did what? <laughs> anybody that knows me it knows that I love creek chubs. I love around... Chubs. Chubs. Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. You're I a love, chub man. I love <laughs> chubs. <laughs> chubby, chubby. <laughs> no, but, like, anywhere, like, fishing... In central Illinois or the Midwest, I use creek chubs. That's just my go-to number one. I just had this image. (laughs) Not the image you probably just thought of, but (laughs) have you ever seen the South Park episode where they swap out the real food in the cafeteria for the goo? And they bring in the the goo guy, and he's like, I'm a goo man. (laughs) And I'm imagining you like... That's like like me with my creek chubs. I'm a chub man. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? People laugh at me, but I've, I've... caught some damn good blue cats and i I use nine times out of ten it's it's creek chubs my biggest flathead not this last year but the year before was on a chunk of creek chub about size my thumb talking about a fish north of 50 pounds on a chunk of creek chub creek chubs are underrated man i've used them they work for me but i'll stick with shad if i had to pick one or the other i'm going with shad as long as they're native body of water yeah see i'm i'm and for me i'm like i'll use creek chubs over anything I over like I like shad. Don't get me wrong. I'll use shad, but I don't. I just like creek chubs. I can't. Me. I think we should go to especially Minnesota. at our res- reservoir that we fish. I think lot. we should go bumping and down on the big water, and you can only use creek chubs, and I'll use skipjack. I would do it. Honestly, I would do it. I would do it too. I've used the large suckers before. I love creek chubs, man. Large, and I will stand behind creek chubs. I will stand behind them. Just the head. Like, is the size of my fist. We can go head to head on the creek chubs versus skips. Yeah, yeah. You guys, are, you guys might win, but I'll. You know what? I love creek chubs that much. They've done me so good in my reservoir. So simply to exercise your dedication to the chub life. Yeah, I'm chub life. Okay. That I'm not like something about, we should actually do. I've sometime. actually thought about getting a I'm tattoo down. across okay. my stomach. That He's says on creek chub chubs. Life. Hashtag. Hashtag chub life. Chub life. I he, want that across my stomach. He, he's on creek chubs. I'm going to take Asian carp. We're talking big river waters. Yeah. And you can choose whatever you want. But no, you I thought can't, you said you wanted to use suckers. No. I could do suckers, but I prefer Asian carp. Okay. I'll take creek chub any day, twice on Sunday. On yeah. big water. <laughs> any water. Swear to God. S- swear to God. State freaking lol. There you go. And I'll use skippies. Ooh. That's, now you're talking. Yeah. Or but, moon eye. Okay, uh, there. I'll take either. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm indifferent, but I will take either yep. over everything we've talked about. But, over suckers, over Asian carp, over creek chubs. Well, we gotta bring this over around. shad. We gotta bring this around full, full circle, though. Okay, you're right. You're right. Excessive things for bait. So, me and my buddy Chris, and Chris, if you're listening, you're gonna, you'll appreciate this. So, before we left to go to North Dakota to fish, we caught a ton of creek chubs. So I was. I'm like, we need creek chubs. Let's take creek chubs. So we caught a, a bunch of creek chubs, froze them, back sealed them, everything. Get there. And I hate to admit this because I'm, I'm chub life. They didn't do good. You abandoned the chub life? So you're you not chub life. You're a poser. In North Dakota. <laughs> in one state. One state. North Dakota. Hashtag Chub Life in the lower 49. Exactly. <laughs> or wait, no, 47. Sorry. We caught, if you, if you guys ever channel catfish in North Dakota, I recommend 
gold eyes or moon eyes. I think there there's a little bit of difference between the two, but they're about the same type of fish. Well, the difference is the orientation of the dorsal fin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it was just for us it, that at that trip. I mean, we talked about this earlier, but everything's kind of situational and personal and blah blah blah. But for whatever reason, moon eyes slash gold eyes. So what was did you do something excessive to get them? Back to the original question. Um, I want. I mean, it wasn't like an excessive thing. All right, so let's talk about something that's excessive. Okay. Have you but done anything crazy? My, my, but it was... All right, here, let me give you I would you say it was kind of excessive because of the amount of time that we spent catching okay. chubs that we didn't use, and then we spent a lot of time catching... Once we found out they liked the gold eyes, yeah. we spent a ton of time catching the gold eyes to get those bait to go in. And we went to, like, weird places and, like, places like... like It almost spent like we spent more time looking up places to catch bait we did to actually because we knew where the catfish were at right we just wanted to get that's bait not to catch out of the catfish. norm no it's not but you know my my chub love my chub <laughs> life love didn't work out i figured we'd go in there and rock him out with that it didn't work so we had to like adapt and overcome and then we went it was like it became like a big bait mission yeah most of the time so i don't know my but, thing is in the similar vein mm-hmm. mine is fishing all night and there'll be nights where I fish all night and I sleep all night. And there'll be nights where I fish all night and I don't sleep at all. Mm-hmm. And there's been many times where I don't sleep at all. I roll off the river, then I go straight to catching bait for the next trip. And that next trip might be that night. The next trip might be, you know, a couple of days after that. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you haven't slept in you know, 18 hours and then you roll to the bait pond to catch bait or you're throwing a cast net and you're just like, I kind of hate my life (laughs) a little bit. Not it, you know, sleep deprivations. I'm not a fan of it. For me, I think I have this one trip in particular that I was getting prepared for. And there was rumors of this body of water just up North, about an hour and a half away. Um, they have massive, I mean, massive shad, like 13, 14 inches. So you made a big long run. I drove up there, not knowing where I was going, how yep. to get there. I spent a lot of money and fuel finding the place. I think I know where you're at. <laughs> and uh, I finally get there, come to find out there's a horsepower, horsepower restricted. It's a horsepower restriction lake. So you can't even so put, I can't even your put boat my boat on it, on it yep. legally. So now I'm driving around. It's so not dro- a speed so limit. It's a horsepower. Yes. So now I'm even driving around even more, trying to find a good area that I could throw from the bank. Right. And the whole day. Towing a boat the whole time. The whole time that yeah. I can't even get wet. And long story short, I'd never caught a single shad. And it took me like three hours, four hours to do this whole prepare you know i'm I'm trying my best to get these monster shad and i never once caught one could just got some creek chubs and you've been fine (laughs) yeah maybe no the that's the most excessive story that i I have i i you know i am like a like i'm overly excessive about creek chubs chasing that monster shad my you're making me think of some stuff now Mm -hmm. i i went on a trip i drove uh 11 hours drove 11 hours from my house Damn. Get get to this body of water. I have zero bait. It was uh, early spring, coming out of the winter. Didn't have any means of catching bait where I was at because everything was frozen. 
and I get to this body of water and I throw a cast net from the bank. I didn't have a boat. All I had was a kayak. And you can throw a cast net from a kayak, but it's it's not something I really enjoy, especially ne- in cold water. Yeah. You know, if I've you, never done it, but it does not look fun. Yeah. I've I've done it many times. Um warm water, it's like, okay, I fall out, I climb back in. No big deal. Cold water, you fall out and you're like, Oh, I feel like somebody stabbed me with knives a thousand mm-hmm. times, you know, type yeah. deal. So I prefer to throw off the bank in those situations. And I threw off the bank for hours and hours and hours. And I'm throwing this cast net. Uh, would have been like four, no, f- four or five hours. I threw a cast net for four or five hours straight. Holy cow. Yeah. My shoulder feels like it's going to fall off. And <laughs> I didn't want to be this guy. But at that point in time, I said, I'm going to be this guy. So I pull up my phone and I type in fishing guide for the area. (laughs) (laughs) And the fact that I'm a fishing guide now makes it, in my eyes, a little bit okayer. um, Because I would have answered this call in What year was this? Hold on real quick. It would have been... All right, so I'll give credit to this person. I'm not going to say their name. But um, let me finish the story. So I call this person. This person answers the phone. And I just go straight to the chase. I was like, dude, I drove 11 hours to come fish here. I'm not going to book a trip, but I need bait. And it would be super nice of you to point me in the right direction of bait. Mm-hmm. And he, to their credit, they pointed me in the right direction. And I still had to throw for another two hours, but I finally got enough bait to catch, to go fishing. Mm-hmm. Filled a gallon bag of shad, drove all over hill, burned a ton of fuel. And finally got bait, went fishing, caught the biggest blue cat of my life. Hell yeah. To this day, it is the biggest blue cat of my life. Hell yeah. So a lot of credit goes to this individual. And yeah, I'm not going to. Yeah. Thank you. This individual. (laughs) (laughs) All that build up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you like it when like bait runs aren't stressful. And you're just like, okay, I got my bait. Let's go fish. Yeah. Yeah. But there definitely is times where bait runs are super short. Like, I, I you're have... talking to the guy who guides. Yeah. Okay. I you know? I put in, I was on the water another 48 times. Was it 48 or was it 52? 48 or 52 times this year mm-hmm. that I would not have been fishing. I might have been fishing otherwise, but um, let's say I wouldn't. You know, like 48 or 52 times this year that I wouldn't have otherwise. And I had to have accommodations of bait. And I take a minimum of two dozen live baits when I go on every single guy wow. trip. Do, do you, is it all flathead do you do or is it all like whatever? Or the vast majority, I would say 80% are flatheads okay. related. Yeah. Cool. Now, have you ever went to a body of water that has bluegill for bait and shad for bait and you've thrown multiple times? along the shoreline and one time you go and you find yourself having a hard time catching shad but you don't have a problem at all getting hundreds of bluegill yeah and then other times you go so it's like oh, they yeah. almost rotate whether or not they're pushed up on the rocks i wouldn't or not. say that's as excessive as what i notice um i was just curious if you notice how when the bluegills are pushed up shallow you don't get as many shad up close to the rocks i haven't seen that correlation play out but i don't catch that many bluegills in a cast net Really? Um, and a lot of it has to deal with areas where I throw a cast net because yeah. I know that it's a bluegill-ish type area. I tend to avoid it because I can't. you can't legally keep a bluegill and use it for bait 
in in Iowa. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. You got to catch them on rod and reel. Now, and like we talked about earlier, you know, it, that seems to change every year in the state of Illinois. Or I'm joking about that in the you, sense. You can catch them on rod and reel. Yeah. Now it's rod and reel. Some people argue that. It, it, there's gray areas in there's gray all areas. regulations. And I've read... We I've, have our own unique gray areas. They're, they they differ from what you're talking about. But yeah. We, we have our own. We're very fortunate in the bait department, though. Yeah. Um, I can pretty much use anything I want for bait. Summer, if it's classified as a bait fish species, you can catch it by multiple means. Cast net, uh, bait trap, whatever. Sane. And if it's classified as a game fish, you have to catch it on rod and reel legal, like how, um, what's the word for it? Bag limits still apply. Right. Mm-hmm. And length limits still apply. But if you can catch it, if you catch it on rod and reel and you can eat it, you can use it for bait. See, Illinois is not that way. Right. Anyways. And most states aren't. We're, yeah. like I said, I, we're super fortunate. I've, I've legally caught. I, my favorite story to tell anybody who catches bass or who's like big into bass fishing, I caught a forty-three pound flathead on a three-pound largemouth. Yeah, yeah, love the one but, that you needed to win your tournament. Mm-hmm. I used it for bait. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news in Illinois, if any Illinois anglers are listening, if you're, you can keep up to fifteen bluegills wherever you fish, pretty much, and there's no size limit. So use your bluegills. You know, cool story, Keys. Thank you. Yeah, that's all I have to contribute today. I'll yeah. signing out now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've read the regulation book multiple times, and I'm I'm still not set on whether or not it's allowed or not allowed to keep bluegill in a cast net because oh, it states and a cast net. It states in there. That I catch all mine rod and reels. So. I'm from what I've read yeah. and from what I've seen, and I could I might be misunderstanding it, but You're it probably misunderstanding it, it. It does say that you can keep them in a legal size right cast net but i will say this i i fish a, i fish a reservoir that um if i go there and i usually go there to catch bait i go there and i'll catch bait if the bait's there if i can catch 10 to 15 bluegills rod and reel not cast net rod and reel if i catch 10 to 15 i know right probably a good chance of catching a flathead then yeah which if i go there and the blue head blue uh bluegill fishing is rough and tough and mm-hmm. i can't I'm, I'm struggling again. If anybody's right. listening, do not go by my misunderstanding or understanding right. of the rules because I'm not stating that it's legal or illegal. I just I feel I'm like not you clear. Could apply that to this entire podcast. Yeah, I am. Yeah, and everyone I've ever right. Done. Yep. Yep. Guess I'm not what? saying it's We're legal. We're not game wardens. No. Yeah. <laughs> not by always me. check with your local authorities. Yes. Guys and girls. Caveat. Exactly. We are at the point where I feel like this is a good transition to what I call the last cast. So you just did a little caveat, which is kind of um, reminisce of what the last cast is. The last cast is a chance for you to say whatever you want. Like you can bring up something totally novel, something that we haven't talked about at all. Or you can revisit something you've said and elaborate on it more. Totally up to you. Dude, you're doing great. Spencer, <laughs> is he not? He's been great. Yeah, you've been good for a guy who's scared of the microphone. Yeah, oh, I'm shit. You're scared myself. of the microphone, dude. You're doing awesome, yeah. man. It's going to knock you out here in a minute. Yeah. The last cast. Touch back on whatever we talked about, huh? Mm-hmm. What have we talked about? Or bring up something completely new. Or bring up something completely new. Just whatever you want to like, get off your chest. 
or whatever. Like maybe there's something like we talked about, like, but you know the conversations changed. You didn't, you didn't really like get to speak on it. There was a couple different times that happened, but speak on it. I, I don't remember. Okay, yeah. I'll go. Yeah, thank you. Um, we haven't touched on muskrats. I caught one in the. In, no, 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 go ahead. No, the, what'd you catch? I netted one. In what means? A net. Well, so, okay. well, there's a variety of different kinds of nets. You have a seine net, you have a landing net, you have a cast net, you have a gill net. Like, okay. So I was fishing in a musky infested area. That's weird. Infested? Well, you make it sound like it's freaking piranhas. No, it's not like piranhas. It's just it's an area that has muskies, and I figure that the muskie is the culprit. So you're trying to net muskies? I'm bl- I'm basically blaming muskies for this. So you're culprit. trying to net muskies? No, I'm not trying to net muskies. Okay. So, anyways, I'm musky fishing. Okay. Okay. And I see in the water, it's a, and I can tell like it's a muskrat, but it's not swimming like a muskrat. It's basically just swimming in a circle, like it's only got like one arm to help swim with. Okay. Because he got attacked by a muskie. It was looking really bad. It was looking really bad. He was looking hurt. And he was like, enough to me where he's like near the bank, I could just net him with my landing net, not a sane net or anything like that. So I just, curiosity got the best of me. I just wanted to see what was wrong with him. Because he was just literally just swimming in circles over and over again. Yeah, characteristic of an animal that's been wounded head um, injury yeah. yeah so i netted him <laughs> which is funny so i netted him put him in on the, on the bank i'm trying to look at him immediately he starts chewing up my net and like chewing through the line which like i should have expected that yeah you should have right so i kind of like tossed him out of my net and he's on the bank and i'm just looking at him and like he was all attractive and it literally looks like a musky because i was musky fishing that day it looked like a musky just went up and just freaking came up from the bottom and just snatched him. He was a little guy. He wasn't a very big muscle. That's guy. because it did. It probably <laughs> did. Yeah. I don't know what else would have done it. But he was definitely hurt. I definitely caught a muskie that day, too. So there's muskie in the, in those waters. There you go. And, uh, yeah, I think that's – I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that's what jacked him up. So. My, my muskrat story, I mm-hmm. was – catfishing fly fishing whatever i was catfishing i was on the steep cut bank in the middle of the night mm-hmm. this muskrat swam back and forth three or four times this time it stopped right in front of me and i'm not moving a bit like i'm by myself not talking to nobody not moving and this muskrat stops starts walking up the bank towards me like tilting its head side to side like trying to figure out what i am you yeah. know because i'm statue still it gets from uh, i mean this i'm probably 15 feet above the water on the steep bank and he gets five feet away from me and about that time that he got five feet away from me and i might have told this story on here before but if not it's worth retelling (laughs) i go boo as loud as i can and that muskrat rolls all the way down the bank, splash in the water. You <laughs> <laughs> dick. Yeah. <laughs> Harassing wildlife. <laughs> Find me if you want. That's what we hadn't revisited. That's what, that, or that's what we hadn't covered yet. And I, I wanted to share that story. Oh, I don't have any muskrat stories. You don't need them. You can talk about whatever the hell you want. Damn. This is last cast. Like last imagine, cast you know, you can cast as many times as you want. Yeah. You can talk about how scared you are of that microphone. Oh, I'm scared to death of a microphone. Okay. I get excited, just nervous. and 
yeah. giggity just trying to think about talking into one. Oh, goodness. But, um, <laughs> I do, I, hey, but, um, <laughs> no, I, I do, uh, I do have some crazy fishing stories out there, but one that, that's recently popped up isn't even my story, but, uh, my uncle Chad, <clears throat> like always, hey, Chad, Chad, Gordon. Chad yeah, Gordon, Chad Gordon, he, he's got me beat. He most recently on fishing stories, he was out fishing for channel cats and, uh, he, was uh he was sitting there and his pole just takes off like about out of hell in the water Mm -hmm. and he's like there ain't no way a channel cat just took off with my pole and he's like well maybe i can cast my other pole on it and bring it back in so he reels his other pole in and casts out there and luckily he snags his line gets his pole back and he's reeling it in and as he's getting it in he hears something's just squawking like crazy right and he gets he keeps reeling in keeps reeling in a blue herring flew in and uh, hit his line. Me, me and Chris Hall did that one night. Yeah. So he gets his blue herring in, and he sent me a picture of it and told me the story. That's the only reason why I'm sharing it with you guys. But he gets his blue herring in, and he gets it untangled and everything. And he sits it on his lap, and he's like, okay, you're untangled. You can go. Mm-hmm. And it it just hung out for like a half an hour. And he's just his little friend for a while. The blue herring yeah. whisperer. See, yep. the one that we... Uncle Chad. Yep. Yeah. The one that me and Chris got, he did not want to hang out with us. Yeah. (laughs) I'm out here. I've never had an instance where a bird wanted to hang out with me. And I've had a handful of them. I'll talk about one here in a minute. So Chris had to like hold his beak and and then I was like unwrapping the line. But he, as soon as we let him go and got him unwrapped, he was like, screw you guys, I'm gone. So. I saved one. I saved a pelican this summer. Really? It was hooked in the eye like I was totally gone, gouged, disgusting, whatever. And I ended up cutting it off of a ditty pole that had been set on the bank. Um, the other one, the one that sticks out after you brought that story up, I was bank fishing early in the year, whatever. I have three rods out, bait clickers on, it's pitch black. And out of the corner of my eye, I see movement and this movement crosses in my vision. And I see that it's an owl and I just go, Oh shit. <laughs> and it flies through every single one of my lines. Oh no. And my owl? my bait clickers are screaming. It gets tangled up, lands in the water, is flapping. Oh, you know. Cool and I'm like, "Oh no." Because the the best well not the best case scenario because the best case scenario ended up working out. But in my mind, I'm like thinking the best that's going to happen is I'm going to reel this thing in. It's not going to drown, and I'm going to have to cut the lines mm-hmm. off of this thing with razor blades attached to its feet. Yeah, or get clawed. <laughs> well, I, had I was talking about the best case scenario. The yeah. worst case scenario is I lose all of my eyes. <laughs> yeah. I had to now swoop down at a topwater plopper one time. Yeah, shit happens. He you just know? came like, out yeah. of the. I seen it and I was like, "Oh!" And I, yeah. you know, I was like, I tried like hell getting it away from him. Mm-hmm. You're him. impersonating a live critter mm-hmm. that you want to make things try to eat it, and sometimes the things aren't below water; they're right. above it. So yeah. it's not unreasonable for that to happen. But for this instance, I was lucky. The the owl flapped around and somehow came untangled. And yeah. I watched it flap its way to the bank and you know, and got out of the water, thank goodness. Yeah. So there you go. That's wild. That's you guys got any more last casts? I do. I got one. Okay, go so for it. So earlier we talked about how we got into fishing and things like that. Yep. 
and I just want to give a shout out to my dad. So when classy. I was my dad, classy. my dad is a Korean immigrant, came over to the U.S. in the early '80s, and just half my other family is kind of country, and you know, got into like fishing and catfishing and things like that. Asian cowboy, Asian cowboy. That's where it comes from. But he just really got into catfishing and just loved catching catfish. A lot of things to love. Yep. And uh, but you, but you're talking late '80s, '90s. And I just want to give my dad a little bit more credit because, you know, like, he was catching some pretty big cats and doing some things that I still do nowadays. I do, obviously, I, I fish a lot different than he did. But, like, back then, the only thing you had to go off was, was hearsay and talking to the guys at bait shops. They didn't have the internet and things like we had now. And uh, especially being an immigrant who could barely speak English, you know, um, I just give, it out, give a shout out to my dad. Thank you for, you know, it was for him that gave me the love of fishing. And, uh, you know, like, obviously, I, and I talked about a little bit earlier that I kind of like, you know, when I was in high school, like, eh, I'm not, I'm too cool for fishing. I'm going to do other stuff. And it wasn't later life where I fell back in love with fishing. And I feel like, you know, it's because me and my dad kind of had the same personality and like, sure, you know, going down the same, same road, same kind of hook, but. But then, then again, when I was fishing, I was looking up YouTube videos, and I had the internet, and this and that, and you know. And he's figuring it out without all that he's stuff. He's figuring it out, barely speaking English, just the pure love. He just loved catching catfish. Sure. He just loved catfish, man. And he would go to bait shops, talk to people any way they would talk to him, and learn everything that he could, read whatever magazine he could read, and... uh Anyways, that's just a little, little personal shout out to my father. I love you, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't give him as much respect. Looking back at it now, it just, it just kind of just came to my mind. Now I was like, damn, you know, he didn't have near the resources. He didn't have a river certified to go and watch. Right? You know, <laughs> he would have caught more. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and it wasn't probably wasn't as pressured back then as it is now. Maybe. So, well, your father's my uncle Chad. I, my yeah. uncle Chad, same mm-hmm. boat, same way. I, yeah. Everything you just said right now, I I give right back to him because yeah. if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be who I am today, yep. and especially I wouldn't be the fisherman that I am today. So good. Well, here's here's a fun caveat. Mm-hmm. My dad don't even like fishing that much. <laughs> <laughs> I give props to my dad because guess what? He didn't like fishing that much, but he still took me fishing. That's right, yep. and that's all that really mattered. Yep. He, yep. he knew I liked it, and he took me, and then my grandpa. My yep. grandpa, he enjoyed fishing probably a little more than my dad, the gist that I got, or maybe just liked spending time with his grandson. I don't know. Yeah. He took me fishing a lot, and without that, I'm not saying I wouldn't have got into it because I'm kind of a possessed addict, Yeah. Um, but they definitely spurred me along sooner than I would have otherwise yeah. if I would not have had those opportunities. Right. And there's no question about that. So. You hear about people getting into fishing because somebody had a love. Mm-hmm. I'm like weird because I didn't have anybody who necessarily had a deep underlying love, but I had people who would take me out on the water, right. which at the end of the day, it's all the same damn thing. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I would say like that I'm the opposite. Like, so like I, I wasn't crazy about fishing when I was a kid. I didn't love fishing. I just wanted to hang out with my dad, which is sweet. Yeah. Yeah. But my dad loved fishing, yeah. so that was what we would do. Yeah, you know? cool. and I was, you know, I would catch bluegill for him, and he would use it for flathead bait. That's my turkey hunting. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. My dad loves turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, it's okay, you know. And now yeah, anymore. You hang out with dad. Exactly. And now mm-hmm. anymore, it's like, I really like turkey hunting. <laughs> yep. I don't mm-hmm. go as much as I'd like to because of fishing and the fact that fishing is the thing I do now to make money, which is sweet. Um, but uh, I love, because my dad wasn't pushy and because he was cool about it and always offered it as an option at this point in my life. I love turkey hunting a million times more than I would have if it wasn't for that. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Similar deal. Yep. All I right. Mean, I mean, even back to like my rawest form of like, I'm getting skunked, but like for me, catfishing is different because I remember going catfishing with my dad when I was like eight years old, you know, and getting skunked. <laughs> <laughs> if you fish Not, for big fish, there's, it's inevitable. It is, but I'm but I'm saying that feeling where it's like, this is, you know, I don't know. It's, it becomes a part of you. I'm feeling you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to support this podcast, you can get you some River Certified merch, or you can get you some stickers. Which ignorant of me, I did not bring because nobody requested them until I was already on the road. Put That's the excuse I'm throwing. Putting them on us. Yeah, my Yeti does not have one. I'm throwing it on you guys. It is totally my fault. I could have easily brought stickers. And I like, have oh, it'd be real nice if I brought stickers. But if you want to support it, go get you some stickers. You can go to rivercertified.com or whiskerseeker.com. Stickers are on both. You can get you the straight heat stickers. You can get yourself just the River Certified stickers. Either way, it helps support this, and you get a sweet sticker. It won't take charity, but I'll sell you shit. Um the other thing, you know, get you a sweatshirt, t-shirt, tank top, hoodie, uh, beanie, whatever. All that stuff's out there at rivercertified.com. And every little bit helps spread the word. Um, leave a review on iTunes. Like, all that stuff helps a ton. The other one, um, you can get Waterland sunglasses. Use promo code RC15. Show them that you support this podcast. You save 15%. I get a little bit of a kickback. Once again, helps on my end. Or don't do shit. I don't care. I'm just glad you enjoy the podcast. Like, for real. <laughs> and I appreciate you guys taking the time to sit down and um, help me record this podcast. Uh, get over your fear of microphones. Not going to happen. Uh, you kind of did. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah, like you can't argue that. You you stuck yeah. through microphones for like an hour and a half minimum. Yeah. You did good, dude. Yeah. You're freaking natural. So anyway, thank you guys. Thank everybody who took the time to listen. And I really appreciate it. Hope you catch Giant. Appreciate y'all. Now in Waypoint TV's 2023 Series Showdown. Your favorite hunting and fishing shows are going head-to-head. Visit waypointtv.com to vote and be entered to win a giveaway from Element Outdoors. Cast your votes during each round until the champions are crowned. Get in the game and vote in the Series Showdown. Presented by Expedition Enterprises and Vote Trader. Only at waypointtv.com. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.